Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. Welcome back to another edition of Single High, Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com. After another short uh, little break in the uh, break in the action, you have uh, Frank Fatovich along with the president of the Kyle Hamilton fan club, Mr. Greg Flamong. Greg, how are we doing this evening? We are doing well, my friend. Um, we are we we finally have a staff. We do at long we, last. We do have a staff. And are you are you looking? You you were looking a little cold over there. What is uh what's what what is cold in 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 California these days? Just for my own uh, uh for my uh, own knowledge here. What is it about like fifty? <laughs> it's probably, it's in the fifties. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, but it's just like I don't know. It's I like to be. It's more of a comfort thing than a than a cold I got thing. Because I have to, as you know, I have to um. I have to record in the garage. Yes. So, um, you know, basically it's just, outside. I don't yeah. like having the garage door closed, so it's always open. Um, so it's yeah. you know, I'm basically sitting outside. How have I'm, we? I'm uh, in the elements. How have we never talked about how you even podcast like your favorite player of all time? How has that never come up on our on our on our podcast? Oh yeah, <laughs> inside the garage. In, Greg, I'm in the garage. In, in the garage. <laughs> Oh, man. It's a good well, bit. It's it a good is. bit, and they I mean, jumped really on it. So to the bit. You're yeah. taking committing to the bit too, to a, <laughs> to a whole new. No level. one commits to the bit like I do. So. I don't even. What's a stronger word than commit? I don't know. <laughs> 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 but man, well, 50, 50's, 50's not bad, man. I will tell you, the weather here on the East Coast is just. Uh, it's like I said. Yeah, I was telling you earlier. It's batshit crazy. Um, on Friday of no Saturday, Saturday of last week, it was 60 degrees. I went for a nice run. I started running again, by the way, which is which is good. I uh, I was only doing the bike there in the winter, and with the baby, you know, smaller. Uh, yeah, <laughs> first first few months. Uh, weird things hurt from doing that, by the way. Like weird muscles hurt that have never hurt from running. That I guess you don't use biking because I was biking like right. four days a week. Yeah. Um, indoors. But uh, anyway, so we, we had 60 degrees on Saturday. I woke up Sunday to three inches of snow, like literally the next day. It went from 60 to three inches of snow. Um, it's been in the 20s and 30s all week, and it's going to be 60 tomorrow. So that's fun. Congratulations on that. It's in, it's it's this week of weather. 
similar to the Notre Dame football offseason roller coaster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> had some highs, it had some lows, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, like my weather tomorrow in the 60s, it's going to end. Uh, it's ending on a high note here. Now that we officially have a have a have a staff, everybody is in place. Yes, thank goodness. I mean, it's almost two months after the fact. Um, I mean, pretty close to like like full turnover. Um, yeah, I mean, and it was more than two full months. I mean, what was uh, Kelly? Well, I mean, I guess since um, Freeman was officially named two months, but I mean, Kelly left what? That was like the last day of November, wasn't it? It was technically like November. I think the calendar was still November. 28th, November 28th. Oh, so I thought it was even the third. Yeah, so there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. So it, it had almost three months. Yeah, that's right. It's, that's right. It's been, my, math is, my math is good. Um, well, technically, I mean, Freeman was officially announced and everything. What was that? That was like December 10th or something. Well, but yeah, but like, like from Kelly leaving, I think yeah. from starting there, it was like, okay, that we have to fill spots. Um, and so yeah, from there on, yeah, it was like, okay, what's going to happen? There's something I was thinking about is what I wonder, like the timeline of like what, or not the timeline, but I guess like the sliding doors of if Kelly had done nothing, if he had not taken the LSU job, Ooh. like what would like would Freeman have taken a head coaching job somewhere Probably. Would a head coaching job have come up. Um, yeah. So like what, like how would that have gone? Right. Like who, who would have been the DC then? Like would the, would the recruiting class have stayed together? Like maybe not, probably yeah. not. Um, More recruits would have left. For, what would, what would, would Reese have taken, you know, cause the the Miami situation is still that's probably still happening right so it does Reese oh, yeah. take Miami right possibly does does whoever goes to LSU right do they take Reese like he could have gone to LSU with another coach mm. um so but the point is it's like he could have gone somewhere yeah um so it's just I wonder if it would have been almost like a Michigan situation where the head coach stays and everyone else stays. Mm-hmm. And gets and get, where, stays where would, and, that, where would that have left Notre stays Dame? Stays and know? gets an extension. Yeah, um, like where would that have left Notre Dame? Right? Anyway, so. which we're getting into it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna open my my beer first. Um, I'm not gonna pronounce this one on the pod because there's a curse word in it. And oh. we well, there's there's an f bomb in it, and we've determined last pod I think that can't do only, that. Yeah, you you're the only we get we get in trouble. You're the only one that's done it so far, but well, um, it's it, like two f bombs and in, in like well, how many episodes now? It's true. It's a low ratio. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. basically none. But this one is called F twenty twenty one as well, uh, <laughs> and the the can has I don't know like a Ghost Rider looking dude in flames next to two tombstones from twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, but. Uh, all right, you you brought some stuff up there that we that we're gonna dive into because uh, some interesting things from today I think um, you know about Mr. Reese uh, in general that uh, yeah. that we could dive into and just the rest of the rest of the staff. But uh, let's see how that. Ooh, that's tasty. That is tasty, and it's clocking in at nine point seven percent. So and this is a nice little nice little, <laughs> nice little nice little end of the day uh, beer here for me. All right, so. Yeah, I mean, what? I guess we haven't really talked about that. And I mean, I know I haven't written about it. And I don't know if anybody has really written about it too much because I haven't read any articles, at least on it. Maybe other, some of the other pods have have, do, have dove into it. But I think you bring up an interesting point of, 
what kind of turnover there was going to be turnover this year what kind yeah of- like i think i think the idea is that there was going to be um like oh like if kelly had stayed like it was going to be all like everything was going to be static and everything was going to be the same and there's going to be continuity like i don't think that would have happened no, definitely I mean, taylor and like, mcnulty I, I, are definitely yeah getting like gigs this anyway all, like things were going to turn over right yeah and like the other part is i don't think harry he stands coming back to no. work with coach kelly so like who's the offensive line coach i don't think kelly's going for someone like chancy stuck like it's just all yeah, yeah i mean does uh, kelly does kelly let dell go yeah, maybe he doesn't, right? Maybe Dell is still around, you know? I don't know. I mean, because you could, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm pretty certain at, at this point it's been uh, it's been documented that the receivers that, that turned uh, or that turned away at the end would have would have turned away even if Kelly stayed. Uh, I don't yeah, think like they, that, was, they, that wouldn't have saved anything. Specifically, I think Walker was gone, like regardless of, you know, who, you know, who was, you know, who was hired. Or, or sorry, who was who was the head coach at Notre Dame uh, during that time? So, I mean, yeah, I think you're looking at Taylor minimum Taylor Mc, McNulty minimum gone because they're, you know, they're going to get the opportunities that they got. You know, if Kelly's here, you know, if Kelly's here or not, and I doubt Kelly's convincing him to stay if Freeman couldn't. Um, you know, so that I think Freeman probably would have at least had a head coaching job offer. I don't know if he takes it, uh, but I think that is a, is a possibility, like you said. So then, you know, what happens to Mike Elston? Does Mike Elston finally get promoted to defensive coordinator by Brian Kelly? If, uh, you know, if, uh, if Freeman leaves in December, cause Elston didn't leave till January yeah. for hit, you know, for, you know, for, for Michigan. So you could have had all of that happen. Um, he does, I don't, I don't know. I mean, again, I have no inside knowledge here on this, but I don't know that Quinn, necessarily doesn't come back if brian kelly is uh, is head coach i don't i don't think it was a foregone conclusion that there was going to be a change at offensive line if brian kelly stayed given where recruiting was at and given where the offensive line you know ended the season uh i i've heard that that well, that that ship had kind of sailed oh. i it just like it was time to change that was what i heard Okay. Right. Just, but unconfirmed, right? And unconfirmed. Like, unconfirmed, and like it won't never be confirmed because no, it, but Kelly was the one who was said time to change. So, um, yeah. So he decided for him, but it, it sounded like a, a move was coming regardless. Okay. So then, yeah. So then, who would have been O line coach? To your point, yeah. I don't know that Harry comes back. Um, you know, with uh, you know, if Kelly, if Kelly came a calling. So, yeah, the staff could have turned over quite a bit regardless, or was going to turn over, you know, quite a bit regardless. And we, Notre Dame fans, kind of got spoiled, <laughs> for lack of a better word. You know, there's the first Notre Dame fans being called spoiled. <laughs> but um, with some of the lack of turnover, I think, over the last, like, you know, three, four years, it's been pretty minimal uh, each year. There's been a couple, you know, here, you know, here and there. But for the most part, there's been a good amount of stability and obviously that is not the case this year. Uh, Cause you have almost an entire, you know, entire new staff that we met today for the first time. So I guess where do you want to start on the staff? Cause I mean, they all got to speak to the media. We got to hear maybe a few, 
new nuggets, I would say that maybe we, we, we hadn't heard before from, uh, you know, from some of these coaches, but where do you want to, where do you want to start? Um, well, why don't we start with golden? He's the newest, so yes. he's, he's the newest one. So what do you think of it? I, I think the more I hear, the more I read, uh, the more I, you know, just again, hear golden speak himself, the more I'm liking it. I think, uh-huh. Yeah, you know, we mentioned on one of the pods, one of the previous pods, that when his name first popped up, I was like, whoa, well, that's interesting because head coaching experience, coaching experience in the state of Pennsylvania and the state of Florida, which are yeah. areas Notre Dame hasn't necessarily recruited great over the last, you know, five, six years. So obviously, if you're head coach in those two states, you got to have some ties to the high schools. Unless you're Brian Kelly and you don't visit high schools, as, as Tom Lemming has uh, has told us after Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. But um, I, I liked it for those reasons. I liked that he had head coaching experience uh, initially, because as we know Brian, or uh, sorry, we know Marcus Freeman doesn't have any of that. Uh, so we know it was going to be good to have that on staff. I got very skittish on the hire. As soon as our friend Jamie at ISD made a Brian Van Goyter reference uh, in uh, you know in in an article, to the point that uh, when it started to trend, when it started to trend towards Golden, I like actually I messaged him and I was like, "You have terrified me about Al Golden because you said." you know, you used BVG in, in the article and he just laughed and was like, you are not the only person that's messaged me about this. Uh, (laughs) And, um, you know, but he even, I think has written since that, like he's, uh, you know, kind of seen, seen things, seen things differently and and it's not, and actually on your most recent um, hit and hustle over at ISD, uh, I forget, you guys mentioned Brian Van Goyter or maybe I can't remember if you both did or if it was just Jamie probably like three times uh, of just how different it is. So right. I've really come to, to like this hire. I think it, it may, it may be, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, the defensive coordinator hire was going to be almost make or break, I think for Freeman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because if he didn't nail this hire, he's going to have to be a defensive coordinator. And he can't be the defensive coordinator because he's the head coach. And the head coach at Notre Dame has got to do a lot of stuff. Um, so I am really liking the hire. And the more Al Golden talks, hearing him talk today and some of the things that he said are, you know, they are, they're, they're kind of music to your ears of, of what you right. wanted to hear from, uh, you know, from, uh, from the defensive coordinator. Yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't, we, Jamie and I, we, um, we recorded, I guess it was yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What day is today? Wednesday. Today so, is Wednesday. Uh, yesterday we recorded. Yeah. And um, we we really go into depth on, you know, uh, Golden and how we feel about that situation. Um, and, you know, so I, I would encourage people to listen to that. Go to the Irish Sports Daily uh, YouTube page and you'll, you'll find it there. Um, but just kind of in, you know, in summary here, I, I think that, you know, Freeman or Freeman had mentioned like he wanted – he, he always wanted just from the start, right? He wanted someone who was going to come in and not change the defense wholesale, right? Like this is my scheme and this is what we're doing. And, you know, this is kind of my vision for it. And, and, you know, golden kind of fits into that kind of box, right? So he's, 
He's coming from the NFL. He's not picking his own staff. And I think that was, uh, you know, might have been a problem for Haycock coming from Iowa State, right? Like he wanted to bring in his own guys. And Freeman, no, you know, I, I want to kind of have more control over this, um, you know, at least from a hiring standpoint. So, you know, Golden comes in. He's he's not picking his own staff. Freeman has a, a, a general scheme, right? And it, look, it's multiple, right? So it's not like you have to be running a three down or a four down or whatever, right? He has a multiple scheme already. So it's, it's easy for someone like golden and golden mentioned that today. Like, yeah, it's a multiple scheme. So it's fine. Right. Like I don't have to, it's not like a big deal. I I can, you know, we can do multiple things and that's what I want to do anyway. So that's, um, that's obviously this is more philosophical match that he needed. Cause he, I mean, you know, you can have, Somebody who's multiple, who's maybe a bit more passive. Like he couldn't have hired a Clark Lee. Like he couldn't have hired Clark Lee from 2018, even. You know, not because obviously Clark Lee's a head coach right now. But I mean, Clark Lee was very philosophically different. We heard Brian Kelly say it how many times this year? They changed the entire philosophy of the defense from more bend don't break to more attacking. So I think that was kind of that was what he needed too. Is he needed to find somebody who was going to say, yeah, we are going to. We're going to attack. We're not just going to, you know, be the be the defense that gives up a lot of yards and keeps the points down, which I mean, we've had a lot of that at Notre Dame, had some success doing it, too. Right. Until you until you face a team that's got, you know, three NFL wide receivers on their roster, then it's like, well, you can't keep the points down. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just I, I think that, you know, Golden coming from the pros and, you know, something he talked about today that was really like I was. I was listening to it and I thought, well, that's like really good. Is like he he said, you know, you, you, there is no halftime adjustments in the pros, yeah. right? Like there's no there's no time for that because you get in there and guys are getting treatment and you get and by the time you get in there, you got 12 minutes and and then you're gone, right? Like you have to be able to adjust quickly on the spot, right? You have to problem solve very fast, right? Between series, yeah, and he said being in the pros like that sped up the process for him and being able to do that. And obviously that's, that's what you want from a defensive coordinator, just period. Right. The ability to see something and say, okay, this is how we fix it. Right. We, I can been... solve this problem quick. And obviously, you know, you, you, it, you, everyone thinks about, Oh, it would have been nice in the Fiesta Bowl. Well, right? I was like just going to say every, it. Yeah. Everyone thinks that. So I think, you know, you, 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 you just, think about okay he's gonna get you 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 place him into a situation against ohio state where you know let's say they come out with a good game plan. like let's say it's the same thing uh as like the as the as the fiesta bowl where where they come in with a good game plan they get a few stops and then ohio state starts moving the ball and then al golden's able to say okay this is what we're doing this is how they adjusted to us now we need to adjust to that and it's easy to see how it's like, okay, like, yeah, they can figure it out because he just came from a place where, you know, they, they were getting shredded by Kansas City. And we're talking about the Kansas City offense with Pat Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey and um and Hill. Hill and those and that whole that whole you know operation with Andy Reid, and it's just like one of the best offenses in the NFL. And they make that adjustment and then they they Kansas City can't do anything for the rest of the game. 
So if you can do that to Kansas City, like you can do that to to you know Ohio State mm-hmm. or you know USC with Lincoln Riley or Clemson or something like that, right? Like you can do those things because you've done it already. So that is the part where it's like that is something that you point to and you say, yes, like that. I hear what you're saying. And it's not one of those like boilerplate quotes, right? It's not a it's not a quote that is cliche or anything like that. Like it's very tangible. I've seen you make the 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 changes here. I've seen you do it. You did it the whole playoffs without the top talent, right? Like no one is talking about the terrific roster that Cincinnati has, right? Not on defense anyway. But not on not on defense. And so it, he didn't need someone like you know Aaron Donald and and um Von Miller and those mm-hmm. guys right like he didn't need that yeah so that's just kind of the thing that is so encouraging about it I I agree although you you know what I think of anytime I hear a coach start talking about the difference between halftime uh, and college and pros you know, I I don't, don't, know you don't you don't you don't remember our friend uh our friend Charlie Weiss uh, you don't you don't remember when he in yeah oh man when was that it was it was when he first came to Notre Dame he he had some hey you remember Charlie Weiss came to Notre Dame with all of his uh, bravado uh, he had some quote that was like oh man this is like cheating this is so much longer I have so much time it's unfair how much time you know we get to make adjustments at uh, at halftime um, but anyway that was our that 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 was Charles but for Charlie Weiss like the, Charlie Weiss's problem was not his offenses. Oh, right? yeah. It was it was that he didn't know how to fill out a college staff and he no. didn't know how to say like, OK, I have now a team full of young guys like this is how we win. Right. But his problem wasn't like <laughs> the 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 scheme comments and all those things. Yeah. The scheme stuff wasn't the problem. That's true, actually. Yeah. Um. So, you know. But yes, that, that's that's what I would say about. I agree. I all all I agree on all all fronts. Golden. Um, some things that he said today, and because of the timing of the press conference, and it was like you know during work, uh, and I did try to sneak a run in today. I didn't get to watch them all, but I did read through the you know the transcripts, um, you know that were you know that were available on all of them. And one thing that uh, one thing that I found interesting with Golden. And even the way Freeman talked about Golden was like it was so clear, and like nobody asked it, and you know obviously I'm sure you know they were told not to or whatever, but it was just so clear that like it has been Golden, like for a while, like this has been there, there's been no hold up in interviewing, there's been no hold up in in anything, right? Uh, it has been Golden, uh, you know, for a while because we one we know how long. The Notre Dame vetting process takes, uh, you know, to get anybody approved, uh, you know, through, you know, through HR. It's like a, you look at what, uh, you know, McCullough, it took what, like eight, nine days after news broke that McCullough was running backs coach for it to be announced. Stucky and Heaston was all like, you know, it took a while, right? News broke on what, Monday? That it, Oh, it's golden. Hey, it's golden. You know, hey, his season just ended and they officially, or no, sorry, news broke yesterday on uh, Tuesday. Um, and they officially announced it Wednesday morning. So this has been in the works for a while, obviously. Um, but what I thought was interesting were Golden's uh, comments about how he watched Marcus Freeman's 
introductory press conference and was like, man, it's a guy I could, that's a guy I could work for. That's a guy who I align with. Um, I thought it was interesting because, I mean, that was, well, we talked about it already. What was that? That was like December 7th, 8th, 9th, somewhere around there. I forget the exact date. That was, that's early, early December. At that point, Golden is still, you know, in the thick of, of the NFL season. So I would love, like, I, man, the 30 for 30 on how the staff was formed when Notre Dame eventually wins a national championship or two with, uh, you know, with, with, with it uh, was going to be fun to watch when we see when did when did the courtship of Al Golden start? Um, and, you know, when did when was it you know kind of known that it was good, that it was going to be him? Uh, yeah, it's that, like kind of unclear. And I, yeah, right? I don't know, like, like Al Golden said, I guess he said he told his wife that, you know, he watched the the Freeman introductory yeah. press conference and was like, oh, like, that's a guy I could come back to, you know, work for. Which whatever. is kind of wild, because if you think of it, we were that was again, that was early December. And what was it like? Jan, again, I should have looked these dates up. It was like Jan, Jan 10 or something like that. January 10 was when it, it all signs were pointing to Heacock. So yeah. like it, 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 I mean, it, it gives some validity to the fact that maybe he did watch that press conference and was like, yeah, this guy's impressive. Um, cause they don't have a back history between the two. There's no, no. like, there's he no, was, there's, it was asking players about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and I thought, you know, even Freeman kind of danced around it, though. Like, there was one quote that Freeman had where he's like, well, you know, we did kind of talk to him, and we wanted to be respectful of his weekly prep for the Bengals. But, like, again, you read between the lines, and it was like, okay. So, like, you knew it was him, and you were talking to him, it sounds like, regularly. Um, it's just kind of interesting just because, of again, it seems everybody knew since Heacock fell through that it, it, it had to be golden because there was no news. There was no yeah. names. I mean, there yeah. were names. There were names, but it was like, well, golden's their first choice. So these are the names that are like there in case something falls through. And then nothing fell through, obviously. And yeah. now Notre Dame's got its defensive coordinator. And I think you know, one thing I, I really like about the hire, too, is that, I mean, there's there's a chance, obviously, that, you know, uh, you know, what is he? He's 52 years old that, you know, after a couple good seasons at Notre Dame, maybe somebody comes calling and says like, Hey, you want one more shot at being a head coach. But like the trend in college football, unless you're LSU and you offer Brian Kelly, a lot of money to dance on tables with recruits, um, and whatever else he's doing down there these days. Um, the trend in college football is not to go after that coach, you know, the, the mid fifties, late fifties, 60 year old coach. It's to go after the, you know, the kind of the young and up and coming coach, or you just back the Brinks Brinks truck up for a really, really, really well-established head coach. The reason I bring that up is because it feels like golden kind of has the chance to be a stabilizing factor on this staff for years to come, if it works. Let's not put the card before the horse yet and assume it's going to work. But if it works, this kind of feels like, I mean, you leave the NFL and you go to a defensive coordinator position in college. Like, you're, you're probably only going to leave for a head coaching job somewhere 
maybe a defensive coordinator position in the NFL. Like those are the, mm-hmm. like that's probably the only two places you you would you would probably leave, uh, you know the, the the current position for. So it seems like he could be here a while, which I like because the one thing, and we mentioned this two weeks ago when we potted, the one thing, the, the the other aspect of the youngness of this entire staff is that the turnover that we experienced this year, where we're probably not going to experience this every year because this was, you know, vast. There was a ton of turnover. Like most of these assistants aren't going to be here in three years, four years, you know, whatever it is, uh, because they're young, they're up and coming coaches, they're hot names, and that's fine. Like that's that's not a bad thing, but it's like Golden has a chance, and he's staying. I mean, as long as he wants to coach, probably can you know can stay here. Um, but I mean, he's also I mean he's a little bit older than Golden, uh, but I, I like it for you know for that reason because I think you need that at, at some level of the staff. You can't just have all under 40 year olds who all have aspirations to be a head coach or a coordinator or whatever, who are not going to be here long-term. So I like, I like that aspect of this hire as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, I, I, it's, it's hard for me to like, even like predict what, what are they going to, what are they going to, um, who I, I didn't, we know we didn't foresee any of this happening like, like three minutes ago. So it's like hard for me to predict like what could be and what couldn't like, like, I, you know, he could leave, I guess. Right. I like, could. I, yeah. I, here's the thing. I guess here's the thing that, um, that I would say about that is, you know, like we've, there's been a lot of talk about who has, who Freeman has reached out to, um, you know, guys that he's, reached out to to be the dc and to be the receivers coach and the running back coach and all those things right and and you know talking about like reached out to brian hartline for example um with ohio state and i think that a lot of people are you know i think a lot of people look at it like oh like i'm glad that he's going after these types of names and stuff and other people say well you didn't land them so who cares and i think for me it's it's not just that he went after them and like good job by you you know you know a participation trophy or whatever it's that it's that you reach out to people who you have mm. interest in and then they think oh that's interesting like huh like marcus freeman like maybe i'm not ready now but then once people leave then you circle back and be like, well, what do you think about now? You know, yeah. and maybe, and may, you know, once it's in your mind, it's like, okay, like you start to follow Notre Dame and you start to look at what Notre Dame yeah. is doing. And you're only going to have movement on the staff if you're, you know, doing a good job. Right. Right. Um, not just the, the, those coaches, but the, the school in general. So yeah, I, I think that like, I, 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 I think like you, like I don't see Al Golden being the kind of guy who's like, I'm itching to get back into being a head coach of, you know, some big university, right? Like I, I, I it just doesn't seem that way to me. No, nope. He said he was happy in the NFL. Um, you know, maybe he does a good job with Notre Dame and he gets snatched up. I don't know, but I, yeah. I do agree that he's not as upward or as, you know, kind of ambitious as like someone like Tommy Reese, right? Who, Oh yeah, it's like like feels like I I want to have my own kind of situation. So. Right. I mean, I, I I to be if I'm being perfectly honest with you, if on uh, February sixteenth, twenty twenty three, 
we're sitting here. We're still potting. We're still talking Notre Dame football. And Tommy Reese is still offensive coordinator. I'm going to be happy. But I'll also be a little surprised because I think yeah. it's almost like, you know, he's going to get his shot somewhere, whether it's NFL offensive coordinator, whether it's college football head coach. I think he can go either way. I almost feel like Reese might be more of an NFL guy, uh, you know, in, in terms of, I don't know, he, he just almost feels like he's just like more of like the football junkie who would rather spend 90 hour weeks all on scheme, all on football versus, you know, I don't know what, what their breakdown is. 60 hours on football, 30 on recruiting, or maybe it's reverse, whatever it is, um, at the college level. But, um, I thought it was interesting too, speaking of Reese that like, I, I, and it was interesting to me that Freeman didn't dance around the fact that Someone, as he said, you know, came calling for Tommy Reese. Someone. He, which we know was Miami. And, you know, it was interesting to me that Freeman just was like, yeah, this happened. And we kept him. Like, but Reese. I had to fight for him. Yeah. Reese, however, and again, I, I was, I'm basing this on transcripts because I had to read through them quick to prepare for it tonight because I didn't have time to watch all of them. But to, from what I could see, Reese didn't really address it. Reese didn't really get asked specifically about it. He kind of got asked in general about opportunities, and he answered with, uh, you know, with uh, general answers, you know, kind of vague, uh, you know, vague generalities versus uh, versus specifics. I thought it was interesting that Freeman was like, "Yeah, it happened," because those rumors were kind of those were the weirdest rumors of the like. I shouldn't say the weirdest rumors of the offseason. It was a freaking weird offseason. Um, but I didn't believe you. I remember you, you, you like messaging us like that. I think it was like a Friday night. I was like, you know what? I can't even with this anymore. Um, like <laughs> if this is, if this is happening, like I need to just take a break from Notre Dame football for a little while and like, you know, just like chill. Cause like this is like if, if, if Miami's gonna be able to pry our offensive coordinator away, like I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, but they were like, it was like weird. I want to say it was undocumented or like unreported, but it kind of was like there might have been like one article, I think, on the entire Internet that I saw written about this. Other than that, it was like message board posts and stuff like that. So it was interesting to me that Freeman was like, yeah, it happened. We kept him. And, you know, I was like, OK, that that was pretty cool. It, it's like, again, in so many ways, the anti Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly would have never done that. Brian Kelly would have never like you know, brought that up and, and, you know, mentioned it. So there was well, a lot wouldn't of have been a, First of all, there wouldn't have been a press conference. So mm. that's one thing. Mm. <laughs> like he wouldn't have well, mentioned true. it because there wouldn't have Freeman, been a press There was conference. no presser for Freeman last year until spring right. ball. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't the only thing that I thought, um, you know, was kind of an anti-Brian Kelly approach. Uh, one that I really liked is that, you know, and I think Kelly did, a better obviously Kelly did a better job of this over the last few years of not, you know, just bringing in his own guys. But we do know that for the first, what, uh, six years, seven years, whatever it was of the, of the Brian Kelly era, that's probably one of his biggest faults was that anytime he was in a head coaching position, you know, it's, I'm going to go to my network. I'm going to go to guys. I know I'm going to go to bring somebody in that I'm comfortable with. That's why we had Brian Van Goiter. It's why that was, you know, why Notre Dame lost out on a, on a, uh, you know, a potential playoff spot in 20, uh, you know, 2015 was because Brian Kelly in his early days at Notre Dame was like, I need, I need my comfortable coaches. And, 
you know, maybe Freeman's lack of coaching tree because he's so young, you know, prevented that from happening. But, um, you know, he actually had a specific quote today that I did write down here or, or copied and pasted uh, that I really liked because he said, you know, you think, you know, before you become a head coach, you say, OK, when I become the head coach, I'm making all the hires. I'm bringing the guys I know that I trust. That's not what's best for the program. What's best for the team. You have to make <clears throat> so you have to make decisions that are best for the program and that are best for the team. And I thought that was refreshing for somebody who's, a, you know, who is a first time head coach to say that. And you look at the hires and yeah, some, you know, some he had familiarity with, but not, not all. You know, he even said like, I didn't know Harry Heaston. Everybody told me though, that like, he's got to be the guy. So I talked to him. I didn't know Al Golden. Uh, you know, I didn't know Chancey Stuckey. Uh, who else? Who, who am I missing? He didn't, I don't, I don't think there was any connection you know, between him and McCullough either. No, I don't believe so. No. So, I mean, he had some connections, like he had connections to Parker. He had connections to Mason. He obviously had connections to Washington, Al Washington, defensive line yeah. coach. Am I missing anybody? Um, I mean, Mickens, but I mean, that's. Well, he's on, right. he was on staff already. But right. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I meant in terms of who he brought in. So like, it's uh, again, for a first time head coach, you're, you, when you, you look at like the pitfalls of a first time head coach and bringing in only people, you know, and only people you're comfortable with is one of them. And, you know, he was very adamant about how that, you know, that was not his approach. So I liked I liked hearing him say that. Yeah, I like it, too. I mean, I it, it's good that he's, I guess, thinking of it that way, I, you know. I do want to kind of and this is for myself as well it's not like i'm not telling you this i'm I'm saying it to kind of remind myself of this it's like it's like it all does have to work you know like like oh yeah it all it, it sounds great right like it, it sounds you know like even the recruiting stuff like oh the recruiting like that it's got to be recruiting and it's so refreshing and everything's different it's like look g great right like we all we, we want to hear it and that's cool you know it's kind of like with um it's kind of like with the the Jack Cone stuff, right? It's like, oh, it's Jack Cone, like he's gonna stand in the pocket and he's gonna throw deep and he's gonna, you know, we're just gonna we're gonna be throwing it all over the field and that sort of thing and and uh, and, and everyone's fired up, yeah. No more, you know, Ian Book and that, you know, he's he because he didn't do this, that, and the other, and it's like, you know, that's all true, right? And but you'd also you're also losing something with mm -hmm. him book you don't get to keep everything that you like yep. and i think some of that is true with kelly and freeman right like kelly knows how to run a program like he really does and and i and i i don't it, there's a lot of like and i'm not saying you're doing this i'm, I'm just saying just in general like i i'm i'm a peruser of you know the isd board and and twitter and all those things and and people always like everything is a referendum on Kelly and Kelly didn't do this and Kelly didn't do that. And it's like, look, it, the guy ran a good program. Okay. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't perfect and that sort of thing. And that's yeah. fine. Right. And that's no problem. But you know, it, the, all this stuff that Freeman is talking about, it is just words and, and it, it needs to, and obviously there's some evidence for the recruiting piece, right? Recruiting, especially defensively is going really well, really well. 
And if you if you land someone like Dante Moore, I think the offense is going to explode recruiting wise. So that's a big one. Um, but we we've seen one game of him coaching, and it didn't go great. In, Not great, you know, especially the second half. So so that like you know, yeah. I like I like a lot of the stuff, but we do need to see it. I 100% agree. And I think it's more looking, I'm looking at it as like, what are the pitfalls that a new coach, new head coach at Notre Dame could fall into? And one of them, and I tell you what, you know who else had this problem? Not just Brian Kelly. Charlie Weiss had the same problem. Charlie Weiss was, you know, how many head coaches or head coaches, how many assistant coaches did Charlie Weiss hire during his time at Notre Dame that were not, you know, of you know the Belichick, Kim, Parcells, or whatever tree? Like so many of them were all play or all coaches that he was, you know, he was, uh, you know, connected to, and sometimes to his detriment. Right? It, you mentioned earlier, defensive coordinator, defense in general was was Weiss's biggest, uh, right. biggest biggest pitfall. Who was his last defensive coordinator? And he had Corwin Brown, who hadn't had defensive coordinator experience because he knew him, and he, you know, and he he had familiarity with him. Whereas, hey, maybe if he brought in somebody who could just run the defense, because uh, he obviously he didn't know what the hell to do with it. He was pretty like even up to his last year, like offense was always pretty fine, but the defense was never, you know, the defense was never fine during, uh, you know, during his uh, his tenure at at Notre Dame. So maybe if he went outside his his comfort zone and went outside his tree and you know hired some other coaches, who knows? Maybe things go differently. So I mentioned it because I like that. I, I mean, and again, maybe it's because Freeman like couldn't because he. And he think he even mentioned it today. He's like, you know, I'm younger. I don't I don't have a huge tree. Oh, you know, yeah, that was actually Reese. I think Reese was like, yeah, I've been doing this for like five years, man. I don't I don't have a huge network like some of these other coaches. So. You gotta you gotta trust some uh, some recommendations, but I like it from uh, you know from that perspective because it's not even just a Brian Kelly thing; it is a young head coach thing to fall into that pitfall of I'm only gonna surround myself with comfortable things and, and, and people I know, and that's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna build this. So getting outside ideas in is a very good thing. I think I think too it, it, to that point, I, I it's it's notable to me that he's he was so willing to say like i leaned on tommy reese because for the offense because he's younger than him yeah right like it's not it's not like like a re like freeman is the head guy right so it's it's like you almost you would almost err on the side of like Hey man, I know what I'm doing, right? Like I I know what to do, and I have these guys in my mind, right? And especially when you know that Reese is young, younger than you, and precocious, and all that stuff. Ooh. And for him to still say, good, it's good vocab right there, man. That's thank a, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, you know the wordle, right? Like it's just bringing it out in everybody. Um, <laughs> Um, I, so for him to still go ahead and say, like, I leaned on Tommy to, to make some of these decisions. And then, you know, obviously then that's when I interviewed, it's like, we was talking about with Chancey Stuckey. Like I, I, you know, he, he's like, I knew Chancey Stuckey was young, but 
Tommy went and talked to him and he, you know, Tommy gave him the, put him through the ringer of the X and O's and, and he said, okay, like Tommy said, this is his guy. And so let's let, he said, I got, I guess I got to interview him. And then he said, okay, like, this is the guy we're going to go with him. <laughs> and so for him to just like admit that, like, I think is, is notable on Freeman's end, right? Like, complete trust in his coach. Yeah. I mean, speaking of admitting things, one thing that I think is it's, again, right now, I'll say that it's refreshing. We'll see if I revise this take a year from now. I think it's refreshing the things that, like, Freeman is not afraid to admit that he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Because I think it's also a very uh, easy pitfall for a first-time head coach to come in and be so self-conscious of the fact that, like, I don't know what I'm doing in certain areas. That, but yeah. I can't, I can't let on to that. Right. You know, I'm, I'm in charge. I, I can't let on to that. Freeman is like, like he, he got asked a question about spring practice, and he was like, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, <laughs> like he was, he had said something that was like, yeah, I mean, I have an idea of what I want to do, but. I've never done it as the head coach, so I'm going to see how it works. Like, I don't know. I would, uh, you know, I would love to be in the, the meeting rooms all the time, but I can't because there's other things that a head coach has to do. And I think he, he described it as maybe his reprieve or his relief. I think he called it uh, when he gets to go in and just sit in on the meetings and saying like, yeah, man, that's, that's what I love, but there's more as a head coach. Um, so it, it's just, it's refreshing, I think, to, to, to hear that. Because again, when you are a first-time head coach that doesn't have the experience, if you aren't able to admit that you don't have all the answers, you're gonna fail. Like, yeah. and that's not just football, man. That's like, that's like any job. When somebody is uh, is afraid to say, like, I don't have all the answers, when they're a manager or whatever, you know, because you don't. So uh, it, it it was refreshing, uh, refreshing to hear that. I agree. Some other fun things that I wrote down as I was reading through these transcripts um, that I thought were interesting is, did you notice how many times Al Golden referenced Ron Paulus? I remember it was multiple. I remember the one. How many times did you hear Ron Paulus's name in a press conference at Notre Dame in the last three years before today? Uh, not many. Exactly. Uh, so I thought that it was interesting and I don't know who knows, man, maybe, Maybe Paulus was somehow the connection to Golden. I don't know. We'd have to go through like six degrees of separation of coaches to understand like, did Paulus have the connection or whatever? But like, it was like his second sentence or third sentence, uh, you know, in his intro was Golden like thanking Ron Paulus. And I was like, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Like, where? <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't. That, okay, cool. Like, I mean, but it, it, it was surprising to me. Um, just that it came up because I was like, wow, I, was, I don't I don't remember people talking about Paulus that much, um, yeah. you know, other than when you know his son signed last year, which surprised everybody. But um, I, it was it was it was interesting um, that he got that because I would again, I would love to know, like, I just love to know the backstory of all of this of like, how did they reach out to Golden initially? Like, how did it all play out? Because um, it seems like this has been. Yeah, you know, fairly official or fairly unofficial official, uh, you know, for uh, you know, for a little while. 
Uh, let's see. Looking at some other notes that I took down before we jump into questions that I that I just found interesting. I, I love that Freeman said he talks to Lou Holtz all the time. Yeah, uh, that was interesting. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, I mean, Kelly mentioned, you know, talking to Lou Holtz. I don't know if Kelly talks to him all the time, but uh, I mean, Freeman's been on the job here nine, ten weeks, if that. Um, so the fact that, uh, you know, that uh, that Freeman's saying, like, hey, I talk to him all the time uh, is is that's a good thing, man. Like the the fraternity of Notre Dame football head coaches is small uh, at this point, you know, in terms of who he can reach out to. So. Uh, you know, probably very few other head coaches he could reach out to that can give him insight into some of the uniqueness behind being the head coach at Notre Dame. So, man, tap into all of those resources, right? Uh, so yeah. I, I like, I liked hearing that. I, I thought it was funny that he said that Lou makes sure to tell him every single time. I'm not going to give you, how do you say it? Uh, I'll give you my opinion, but I'm not going to give you. Or no, no, I'll give, give you, you advice, but this, I won't give you my opinion. That's right. I'll give you advice, but I won't give you my opinion. That's what it was, um, which is like classic Lou uh, of, uh, you know, pro- of wanting Freeman to uh, to figure it out. So, hey, man, if he does that. Like, hell, reach out to Charlie Weiss, right? I was going to say, I, Weiss seems like a better um, fit for that just because Lou is so old. True. Like. Maybe he's like, I'm going to talk to the six was a long time ago. <laughs> so, I mean, True. it's fine. I, I don't care. It's fine. True. I just, I like, I, I mean, maybe he does too. Maybe he is talking. Yeah, you don't know. Weiss I mean, I mean, Weiss could definitely tell him what not to do. We know that. Um, cause hey, <laughs> and, and honestly, I mean, Weiss was older than, uh, than Freeman, but Weiss was a first time head coach. Hell, right. talk to Bob Davey. Bob Davey was a, Bob Davey was a defensive coordinator, got elevated to be head coach. Talk to them all, because um, all of them. I mean, I think you even look at Bob Davey, and this is very, you know, tangential here. But um, I do wonder too, like if Bob Davey went the route of say Clark Lee, and Bob Davey went to Vanderbilt, I don't know, for three, four years, or something like that. When he and then became the head coach of Notre Dame, would things have worked out differently for him? Because so many of his issues. Again, we're just not we're first time head coach issues. He was a pretty good recruiter like that. Recruiting didn't really suffer that much, maybe towards the back end of the of the Davy era once they started losing games. But initially, man, recruiting was pretty good. So. Talk to them all. Talk to talk to every single one that you uh, that that you can. Uh, Last note that I had uh, just because I was I was interested to see how they were going to handle the Elston departure uh, and Freeman just saying like, Oh, that he was surprised, but he supported him. It, yeah. it was more like of note to me. Cause I was, I was interested to see how they were going to, uh, how they're going to handle that. But um, I don't know. Any other notes that you had, you know, just from any of the, uh, any of the coaches? No, I think we covered everything. Other than, other than that, we call our new spe- uh, special teams coordinator, Mace. Mace, yeah. We learned that today. He's, man, he was fun. He was like, because, I, I mean, you kind of knew, like, somewhat, you know, what you're getting with Golden, just because, again, he's been a coach for a while. But but, yeah. uh, but Mason was fun to fun to listen to. Uh, he seems like a coach that players will, uh, you know, listen, that they'll gravitate to. He's just, you know, kind of young, energetic. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it works. But uh, it, he, he, he was fun. Yep, I agree. 
Um, oh, and actually, I lied. One more note before we get into uh, into our questions uh, was one thing I thought was interesting too is that um, one tweet that I saw about this um, about uh, you know just about the days uh, the days press conferences um, nothing anybody said was just Angelo uh, to Carlo from uh, 957 Sports. He, he tweeted out a picture of Freeman standing in the back corner of the room while the uh, while his coordinators were talking. And he just said, my favorite moment from Marcus Freeman and his coaches, uh, you know, chatting with the media was when Freeman was done talking, he walked to the back and listened to Tommy Reese and Al Golden speak. I don't remember either Brian Kelly or Charlie Weiss doing that. And then he had his recap from the, it just, they're little things, but again, mm-hmm. those are like, those are, those are things that you hear them and you're like, okay, man. I mean, you obviously you got to look for a lot of things when you got a first time head coach. Cause Notre Dame didn't hire somebody who came in who you're just like, ah, I know, I know they got this. I know they're going to run the show fine. Little things like that might seem inconsequential, but I think they matter. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, specifically, uh, you know, when you're, when, uh, again, we'll take this outside of just football to any leader, uh, you know, of any, of any organization. So I thought that was, uh, I thought it was, a a, a nice, uh, a nice gesture if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the you, you need the, I, th- I think, I think the, you, you need the main things to hit, right? Like, so you need to be able to, you know the the main stuff right like the offense yeah. needs to click and the defense needs to click and all those other things and then like stuff like that on the margins that's where you know maybe maybe those little things that you don't see that by themselves don't mean anything but put together it creates something that leads to you know the next that's the thing or exactly so uh like seeing it and if you think those kind of things don't matter, think about yourself in your in your daily job. Do you like when your boss is like, I'm done, I'm out of here? Or when your boss sticks behind, you know, when you're doing your job and uh, you know, and, and is there to support. It's like I said, I and this is this is this is more insight too into me just as uh, the way I do the way I handle my business outside of podcasting, Greg. Those are the kind of things that whenever I interview people, whenever I talk to people, whenever I work with people outside of Obviously, this. Those are the things I always look at because I always think like I'm like, well, yeah, you know your stuff, right? Especially if you're at this point in the process here or whatever. It's like if you're talking to me, you probably know your stuff. So I always look for those kind of things because um, I think those, I think those things matter. So I like seeing that in our head coach. Now he's got to win some games. That's it. Now he's you know just just win some games. All right. So all right. Uh, you ready? You ready to jump into some questions? We got some yep, fun ones. Go. Yep, we got some fun ones. All right, our buddy Oscar, Oscarito El Grachito, uh, has sent us uh, has sent us some questions. Is uh, at gone in twenty fifty nine? Is his uh, is his Twitter name? First one. Uh, <laughs> now that the coaching staff is filled, who gets? the freshest trims at Julio's. And for those listening who aren't aware, Julio is the barber in South Bend that uh, I think a lot of the team and the entire staff, the entire staff goes to. And I don't know if Oscar probably should have said like the second 
freshest? Because obviously it's Marcus is number one. Yeah. <laughs> who's number two? Who's who's number two? Um, number two. You know, I I, I so he sent the the photos. Mm-hmm. I think it might be Stucky. Yeah. I think yeah. did, did I see McCullough? No, maybe McCullough. McCullough did too. I, I was gonna say I think, I think McCullough. I yeah, I, I was gonna say I, I didn't see Stuckies, but I did see McCullough. So I'll go. I'll go with McCullough. Um, okay. I think it's fun though, just seeing it because it kind of it. Man, think of where Notre Dame football was like two years ago. Um, and just in terms of like cool factor, it was not high, right? And even you look at again our former head coach. Uh, and I, I don't know that LSU is seen as like cool right now. Like Brian Kelly's in, I don't know, like khakis and like a zip up vest, like dancing on tables with recruits. Like that's uh, not, it's gone viral for how cringeworthy it is, but not because it's like cool. Uh, those kind of things. It's like Notre Dame is starting to have like a cool factor that it did not have. And it is very fun. I mean, it's different, right? Like, I every look, everyone loved the BK homeboy thing, and you know, that's and true. Brian get, Kelly, yeah, like, yeah. And Brian Kelly, like, eat, like drinking from the jugs. From yeah, the, uh, I, that's true. Like, I'll give him credit so for that. I, we've been trending in that direction, right? But like, that it's wasn't. Just, it's just different, right? Like, it's just a different thing. Like, it's like, oh, like Notre Dame's like a barbershop team, right? Yeah, right. that's what I mean. That well, because it's it's different vibe in general, because like. The Brian Kelly thing, the BK homebody thing was like cool because it was just like ridiculous, right? It was like right, but like, but it's like like, it's like look at Dad doing this, you know? Like Like, look look at at Dad dad doing. He's he's they were they were dads. Dad jokes. This is what it was. Okay, it was dads, right? Like Hmm. it was, um, it was it was BK, and we were a dad joke program. yeah, like it was BK and it was, you know, it was, um, it was, uh, I can't think of his name, like Elston and it was McNulty and it was that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Like McNulty with his like dad tweets. And, and now we're like, now we're like the cool uncles. We got a bunch of cool uncles, you know? Yeah. And, and so that's what it is. So yeah. that's different. So. Exactly. It, so it's just a different kind of vibe, yeah. I, exactly. I'm like, I'm just saying, I'm digging it. I'm down. I, okay. I'm, enjo- I'm, I'm enjoying it. All right, we got, we had four questions total from Oscar, by the way, though. So next was, when does the Blake Fisher for Heisman campaign start? Uh, take the reins, Oscar. That's true. <laughs> Oscar, you know, Greg, Greg has his bit. We've already talked about how, yeah. how much he's committed to it. Um, I, I don't know that there's a big Blake Fisher stand out there yet. So, I mean, uh, that, that position is open. Uh, we can actively interview for it. Uh, if, uh, if you want to apply, but, here's the uh, problem. You, you gotta you, look, look, guys. Oh, it's true. Uh, he's, it, he's, he's a year behind. He's a year. You're it's gotta be organic. It can't be just, it can't be like, oh, I'm going to make this plan, right? You got to pick someone and you just got to go. And then you got to get like super lucky and have that person be the greatest thing that's ever happened in the university. And then that's, that's, you, you just got to shoot your shot. So there you go. So. All right. All right. Here we go. 
do the running backs grow their backfield smarts to the Kyron level with coach run DMC, which also like that's got to become an official nickname for McCullough if it hasn't already. So, oh, yeah. Anyway, so do what, what, what are your what are your thoughts? The Kyron level? I mean, I don't think I mean, so. Yeah, no. Nah, well, here's the thing. You Kyron's can't teach that. Special. Kyron's yeah. just a special, special football player. There's things right? you can't In terms teach. of smarts and his 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 IQ and his understanding of the game and all those things. Like, yeah. Like that's it's some of that's rare. natural that you can't. You don't. Teach. Yeah, you don't see it very often, and so you just have to. When you have it, you gotta appreciate it and use it for as much as you can. Agreed. But you know, there's other things, right? Like you, you can, they can find ways to, you know, affect the game in other ways. Agreed. All right, last one from Oscar is: if you were granted mastery of one meal to make, what is it? What you go? I want to hear what you say, <sighs> man. Okay, so I thought about this. Um, I, thought I think. About it. I was thinking about this while, like, like about an hour before we started recording, while I was taking the dog out, because I was like, "Oh man, I wanted to circle back to that when I saw the question earlier, because it's a good question, not football related, but great." Okay, so the things that I came up with, because it's there, there's, there's, there's a couple layers that I'm gonna that I'm gonna peel off here. Okay, I were to be able to master one meal, one thing that I struggle with cooking, like I'm bad at cooking, so I don't even cook it that often, is salmon. And I love it because mm. I always overcook it, like always, 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 always. And I got this weird thing with salmon where I love sushi. I will eat, you know, salmon, whatever with sushi, tuna, whatever with sushi. But when I like get my salmon cooked, I'm like, mm, I don't trust your sushi because you're not a sushi restaurant. So I want this thing cooked through. I don't want yeah. this medium. I don't want it medium rare or whatever, like. You know, when when uh, when uh, restaurants are like, oh, no, Sam, I'm like, no, 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 this, no I want this cooked through. Um, so because of that, I struggle to cook salmon, um, which we don't even get it that often because I mess it up. So that's one. Another one that I would love to be able to master because I saw my mother-in-law make it when she stayed with us um, uh, when the when the when the baby was born, but would be to make homemade enchiladas like from scratch with, you know, making the enchilada sauce from scratch. Like Mm. I watched her do this and, uh, it was, it was an ordeal. And she was like, I hope you guys liked it. I'm never doing that again. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, we could just buy a jar of sauce and it would be not as good, but it would still be good. And I was like, but they were so good. They might've been the best enchiladas I ever had. So I was like, okay, that would be, that would be, cause that's something you could repeat. And something you could cook often also with salmon. Like I thought I was like, what are like the fancy meals I would love to cook? And then I'm like, no, wait, no fancy meals you make like twice a year. What are the things that I don't make well that I could make regularly that I would like to? And those are two. Yeah. Um, what do you got? One is, so I guess two, I mean, one is Thai chicken curry. Um, I've started to try to make this a couple of times and okay. both times it was, it was good, but it wasn't, exactly how i wanted so that's probably one um because my wife really likes it and i really like it so yeah okay that's That's good Um, i've just recently started trying to cook some curry things so all right and i've same where i'm like yeah it's fine yeah it's good yeah like but But not it's like i I could do yeah all right it's not yet the the thai food restaurant replacement that i want it to be um 
The other one is I need to learn how to um, use a walk. Mm. You know, I haven't, I have a walk. We got one from our wedding. We got married like what, eight years ago. Um, and I haven't really used it yet. I'm, I'm kind of intimidated by it, frankly. Have you seasoned um, it? No. I haven't okay, done well, it. That's, that's, wait, wait, you had her eight years. You haven't used it first. You got to season it first. That's what I'm saying. I'm intimidated by it. Okay. So it's just like, that's the thing. So I need to, I need to learn how to type. And is it like a good, is it like a real walk or is it like the, the Teflon non-stick coated ones? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, cause like the normal, like you go to like the, the Chinese restaurants, they have ones that are just like not non-stick surface. They're just like, uh, whatever. They're just like, st- yeah. I don't know, whatever they're made out of. Those are the ones that you like season and like those, those get really good. I, every single non-stick walk that I've ever had. It just, it's not good. They all flake. And then you get like the flaky, whatever, chemp, uh, whatever, who the hell knows what's in those surfaces. And I'm like, well, I'm not using, I'm not using this anymore. This crazy nonstick surface is flaking. I can't, I can't do this. So anyway, I I would, yeah, I would try to do that. Those, uh, that sounds uh, like a fun endeavor. I like how Oscar always has a food question, uh, a food question for us. So He he always does. I love it. All right. Um, we got Elliot Pierce here at Irish Cowboy 13. This is probably for you. Uh, but how many offensive touchdowns will Kyle Hamilton score in his first and second seasons in the NFL? For context, J.J. Watt and Mike Rabel each had three TDs in a single season playing goal line snaps at tight end. Got to think Kyle can hit that too. Oh, I mean... I don't know. It, it just how many touchdowns will he score? Like, will they use him on offense? Probably not. Nope. You're definitely not going to do it in the pros. They didn't do it in college. I don't know. I'm just very like depressed by the whole topic. I know. I know. It's going to come up again next week too when we look back at the the uh, the twenty twenty one season predictions. I'm, but... I'm just really upset. It's really upsetting. What is more upsetting? The fact that it didn't happen, or would it be more upsetting if Kyle went to the NFL and his NFL team did use him in the goal line? Because then it'd be like, that well, would, that's that what would, we could have been. That wouldn't upset me. No, 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 no. No, Not upset. I, would, I, would, I, would, I would love that. because Not upsetting as in like, it would make you mad. But because that was, that's in his it, like, oh. No, no, no. I, I'm more upset that it didn't happen. There's no reason it shouldn't have happened. There's no reason it shouldn't have happened. Like it doesn't make sense. Like it really, it honestly does not. And like, and I think that people who don't know things and think they're smart are are not smart when they when they act like, you know, oh, you know, look, look, he got hurt, and that's why you can't play him on offense. It's like, no, that's why exactly why you should have played him on offense because he getting hurt doing anything, and you had him running down on punts. You had him running down on punts. Throw him a fade. Throw him a post. Hey, Do something other than covering punts. It's ridiculous. Brian Mason today did say, uh, basically said that since he had more starters on special teams, you might see that more at Notre Dame. So you might see more punt coverage from uh, from starters in the future. I thought that was a weird. I thought that was a weird kind of like question. Did you? Like, you don't. Well, yeah, because you don't have to convince. You don't have to convince stars that freaking Chase Claypool was covering punts in the Camping World Bowl. 
It's true. He's run down a kickoff in the Camping World Bowl. Like, I'm just saying. Yeah, like Notre Dame doesn't have to convince Might see it more. Might. You know, we, we see it all the time. That's they true. always use frontline players. That's, that's why true. I was like, that's kind of a weird question. It's so. like you don't have to convince Notre Dame players to do special teams. <laughs> J- JOK ran out on kickoff. That's true. All right. So, All right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. We got uh, one from Adam Birch at ND Birchy13. Do you think Freeman and Co. can recruit a top five class consistently? With the next couple of years' schedules being quite difficult, do you see Notre Dame winning a championship in the next couple of years? And if not, do they win one in the next five? So that's two high level questions there to unpack. Let's start with the recruiting. Can Freeman and company recruit at a top five level consistently? So, yes, they can. And I'm going to tell you what. If they end up with Dante Moore at quarterback, this class is going to be something. I mean, it's going to be something. I mean, you're going to end up with – we're going to end up with a haul like we have not seen. Those early nineties. I mean, we're, we're talking about, I mean, multiple five stars. Because okay, you already have, you already have um, Keely. Uh, Keely, you're on the, you're on the edge with Drake Bowen. You're on the edge. You're, frankly, you're going to be on the edge with Peyton Bowen. Yep. Dante Moore is a five star. Tate. You get Don, You get Dante Moore. I think they would end up with Tate. So that's. Three five stars. Brennan Vernon's on the edge. Did I already say that? Yeah, Brennan yeah. Vernon's on the edge. So it's just like you, you're talking about eight or nine top 100 players. And that's to say nothing of the fact that they could still land Caleb Downs at safety. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it, it just could really pop off. I mean, Agreed. like on the offensive line, like where that, like there, you know, like I mean, it, it just could. I, I, I don't want to get too out in front of my skis because it's like we felt this last landed. year too. Well, Maybe not to this extent. Not, not to this extent. I mean, it no. was, it was hard to see with on just like the offense, right? But yeah. I, I, you get Dante Moore, and and. It's just like the 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 rideouts are gonna follow, and it, it's just it could get really, really exciting. It can, it can. Uh, so I agree on the on the recruiting. I mean, hell, Notre Dame was what seventh in the consensus, six or six or seven. Now I'm forgetting. Uh, uh, six year. and seven. Six and seven in uh, in, in in the consensus rankings uh, or whatever composite rankings this year, and that was with. Freeman on board for not quite even, well, barely a full year before, not even a full year, I should say, before that class was signed uh, in December and not as much of an emphasis from every assistant coach that uh, that Freeman is placing. So, yes, I think that. The other question, does Notre Dame win a title in the next couple of years? If not, do they win one in the next five years? Um. I'll say yes, just because saying no is boring and dumb. To which one? The next couple or the next five? Uh, next five. Yeah, I think it's five. Uh, I, I hope in the next two, but I mean, man, the next two years' schedules are 
they're a little tough uh, with some of the teams coming up. So um, I think, yes, if we're going to win one, it's going to be in the next five. Um, but hey, I don't, uh, I'm not saying it's impossible to, to happen in the next, uh, in the next two. All right. We got, uh, from Chris Jenkins at, uh, Jenks, uh, SC three eighteen says now with the hire of golden, the staff is intact. I personally think it's a great hire. What are your thoughts on the staff? And I saw we got a grad, uh, or there's a, there's a possible grad transfer from whatever you said, old dominion and then corrected it to Johns Hopkins. So I think we already talked about the staff, but um, yeah. any thoughts on potential grad transfer wide receiver? Yeah, I, I, I haven't looked His at him or anything. Are good. He's uh, got numbers. He's got numbers. And, and Johns Hopkins, which I didn't know had football to be. I'm gonna go lie. I didn't know they had football. I knew they had a good D, lacrosse team. It's it's a D three. Right. I knew they had a good lacrosse team. Um. So um, I mean, hell. Jack Cohn played across. Does this guy play lacrosse as well? Like then, then sure, sign me up. But uh, yeah, his numbers are solid. But yeah, it is D three. Yeah, I mean, but look, I, you know, it's it's not like he can't play or anything. Or yeah, I, I think that you know he, he, there was a weird situation. I think that they, like Johns Hopkins, I think uh, like basically got rid of the program because of COVID, right? So that was a whole mm-hmm. kind of a um, just like mitigating factor. Um, you know, look, can he play? Can he help the team? Right? Like, can he, can he be, I don't know, like a, like, can he be better than Matt Salerno? I guess maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. And it's also like, I mean, I haven't seen, is it still, is it a, I don't know, that's a scholarship position, be more preferred walk-on, correct? Or am I? It would be a preferred walk-on. Yeah. Like you're not losing anything. right? Exactly. I mean, get all the preferred walk-ons. Like who cares? Right. I don't right. know where they play. <laughs> So if they're preferred yeah. walk on, like it's all good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Austin Bradley. Uh, over under players, Notre Dame players drafted five and a half. What do you got? All right. So let's say, all right, let's just do the, the let's definite, right? So you have Kyle and Kyron. Yeah. That's two. Okay. Who else came out? MTA is a maybe probably. Yeah. Um, who else is there? White, Drew White, maybe. Drew White. Is a man that's a heavy maybe. Yeah, I think so because I mean his injury I would concerns. Say, I would say probably not. Yeah, um, I was being optimistic have, there. Yeah, you have Kevin Austin. He's a, who, he's gonna get drafted. I think he's gonna get drafted. He's someone, I think, someone will take him. I mean, he's going to get drafted. Exactly. It's not gonna be high. It's gonna be like fifth, sixth round, but he's gonna get drafted. Right. So that's five. Um, but that's five that we mentioned. Not even like there's it's three that we're saying that we're pretty confident on. Well, that's five that we mentioned. Who else is there? Uh, da, 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 da. Who are we missing? Heinish, but that's a oh, yeah, maybe. Heinish is one. Heinish is a maybe. I, I it's tough for him because he like. It, I think it's, it's under. Well, no, I mean, there's Jack Cohn too. Jack Cohn's getting drafted. Jack, especially after the Shrine Bowl, yeah. Um, yeah. So Jack Cohn will get drafted. Um. Heinish will Heinish. So he didn't get invited to the combine. That's tough. Yeah. I'm going to go under because I think it's going to be four. And then I think that'll be our lowest output for a long time. I mean, it wouldn't have been, right? Like if, if uh, Foskey had come out or Patterson. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like it's a low number, but. You got guys, like you got your guys. Number because we had guys come back like Jason Adamalola. Like he would have got drafted. Exactly. It would have been like seven or eight. If, uh, if yeah, so it could have been out. seven, but it would have hurt the football team. So, yeah. Yep. Um, oh, he also said, can anything between now and the draft change that prediction? 
don't um, think so. I would say, well, I get, well, if we, if we think Kevin Austin is getting drafted, then no. Yeah. Then no. I think I the only say, thing that would prevent Austin from getting drafted is if he runs like a four, eight at the combine, which he's not going to do. No, nah, he won't run a four, eight. Do you know what I mean? He'd have to run like a really slow number to not get drafted. Right, He's going to run right. a crazy number. Notre Dame wide receivers show out at the NFL Combine. It's like it, true. They do have it's a, a tradition like no, none other. And then we're always like, where was that? Remember when Boykin went nuts? Yeah. And we were like, he was good. But like, where was that speed? So it's probably not that. That's probably not good for Austin either. Well, um, let's see. I, I think, I mean, MTA could probably, if, if anyone could, yeah, he probably could. But that's five. Yeah. So yeah. I think I'm gonna go under. Um, last, so last question from Austin. This is my favorite one that we got this week. Oh. Sorry to everybody else. Um, if you could pluck any former Notre Dame player from the past and put them on the current roster, who would it be? Um. Okay. Go. Okay. Well, I guess actually, you know what? I'll change it actually now that I'm, that I'm thinking of any oh, okay. former. At first, I was thinking more recent. More recent would be Michael Floyd. But if I can go any, I'll go Tim Brown. Okay. Because you look at where the biggest, where's the biggest weakness on this roster? It's wide receiver. And yes, I, Rocket Ishmael is my favorite player of all time. Golden Tate was a Blitnikoff Award winner. And I'm not going to put this on Lorenzo Styles to be either one of those men. <laughs> but I think Styles has the speed. Styles can be that guy. I think you had a big receiver who can also make plays downfield, a la Floyd or, or Brown. And that's a very big difference on this team. I have a feeling which where you're going to go, but go ahead. Uh, who do you think I'm going to say? I mean, I think you're going to say Kyle Hamilton. But uh, either Kyle Hamilton or you'll go you'll go secondary in some regards if it's not Kyle Hamilton. Uh, no, I'm not going to go secondary. I, okay. I, I agree with you. I mean, it does need to be a wide receiver. Okay. Um, well, because safety is a need on this team too. But go ahead. Well, I guess now we got Brandon Joseph. No, no, no I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's a need. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Rocket. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, nineteen like ninety rocket is just kind of like perfect because he, he can play running back. That's true. He can play in the slot. Obviously, he can play wide out. Because the thing is, is like they never threw him the ball. <laughs> like, like, also like true. if you go back and look, like hit his touches. Like he touched the ball less than a hundred times, like all the time. Like I don't know that he had. Like offensive touches, I don't think he had more than a hundred in any season. Yeah. And so it's just like that's you know, running, receiving, outside, slot, running back, kickoffs, punt returns. It's all it's like all there. So yeah. um yeah, I I would uh I would that's fair. I would yeah, take rocket. I, I like the I mean I like the size aspect of what you said just because yeah. They don't have that. That was, roster, that was my thought. But, yeah. but like, who cares? True. Rocket. That is true. Love the man. Yeah. Um, all right, here we go. Clutch Sports Notre Dame uh, at Clutch Sports ND with the new coaching hires. Uh, what would you like to see them do differently 
than their predecessors. Um, I mean, I'd like to see uh, Chancey Stuckey sign more than a single wide receiver in a recruiting class. That'd be cool. I'd love to see that. Um, but, I mean, that's that's kind of a given. Oh, I mean, I think th- there are things, uh, and we talked about it on some of the other pods. Lance Taylor was a great, uh, you know, great running backs coach for Notre Dame. But he also, he was a really good, almost like plan B recruiter in a lot of ways because he missed out on his top targets two out of the three years that he, you know, that he was here. So uh, that would be something I would like to see him do. I'd like to see, you know, Harry, he stand develop the offensive line a little bit better, maybe a lot better than Jeff Quinn. Um, I'd like to see Al Washington target more top 50, top 100 type DNs. Uh, de- defensive lineman in general. I think Elston, Elston kind of found, I was having this discussion with some friends uh, over the weekend, but I think Elston kind of found like his like really good spot of knowing like he could get those like four star top 200 ish type guys and didn't really dip his toes too much into those, the, the elite elite defensive ends until Freeman came and was like, no, we're going after everybody. So I, I would like to see, uh, you know, Washington do that. I'd like to see Brian Mason help us block a kick. You know, just one, uh, maybe two. And then Cincinnati blocked six last year. So I'd like to see, you'd like to see that. Uh, and I guess we, we, wait, we did have the one, didn't we? Am I, am I remembering that right? Or remembering that wrong, I should say. We had at least one block kick. Yep. Uh, so, last okay. year? 2021. Did we block a kick? I mean, I we, blocked, we had one. We blocked, we blocked the, you know, uh, against Pitt in 2020. And, uh, we Stanford had one in 2019. I'm trying yeah. to remember. I don't, I don't know that I remember that happening. I thought we had a block field goal this year, but I could be wrong. Thinking about that off the, just thinking about this off the top. Maybe of my that head. was like a ricochet or something. So, I mean, those are some of the things I would like to see them do differently than their, uh, you know, than their predecessors. What about you? So mine is a little more holistic, I guess. Okay. It's I like more it. like, um, like, look, I think that the biggest thing that Notre Dame has lacked in the last, I don't know, like, I don't know, it's just, I guess the Kelly era period is like consistently it's a big game. We mm. are going to play our best football. Yeah. Is that going to happen? Right. And I feel like Notre Dame got blown out a lot. Especially during and, and even during like from 2017 to you know present day, right? It's like even when Notre Dame was good, and it's like there's still like when they lost, they got blown out, mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's kind of time for like that to not happen. So you know everyone talks about like oh you know they have you know this this belief right? Like look at like Cincinnati right? Notre Dame, they did not. They were not ready to play a great game that day. No, they did not Cincinnati was. Cincinnati wasn't. That's the other part. Well, it's like I they mean, they, they couldn't even they couldn't even like raise to the level like above a, a Cincinnati team that didn't play their best game. They didn't play you their know? best, like, but they they were they were they were more into it than Notre Dame. Right, but they were more into it than. But like, what does that tell you, right? Like that's your home game, like for the playoffs. Yeah. And and it's like you're you're not playing a great like you're not ready to play a great game, you know. And and 
you know, in 2020, right? Like they, they, they were ready to play a great game against Clemson and they went and did and they won ACC title game. They, they were not ready to play a great game. The, the semifinal game against Bama, they were not ready to play a great game. Now that doesn't mean they would have won either of those games, but it's like, you watch the you watch the Notre Dame play a game like against Florida State in 2014, right? You go out of that game, you say, you know what? They played as well as they could, right? Yeah. And and they got screwed by the refs, and that's just the way it goes, right? And and so you just kind of like, all right, well, you know, or like the USC game in 2005, right? Like it's a bummer and it sucks, but no one leaves that game upset, and no one leaves that game feeling like man that was kind of like crappy right and it was just there were too many times where it was like man like they're just not they just don't have it today like you can't not have it in big games like that yeah you have to have it all the time so that's for me like that's what this staff needs to do it's it's like all the things you mentioned right like there's nothing i have no issue with what you said Mm -hmm. um but it's like for me it's like, look, have these guys ready to go in the biggest games that they have. I mean, that is, uh, it's hard to argue that. So let's go on to the next one because we got a couple more. We got uh, Brian Scope at Brian underscore Scope. Who will sign a better composite recruiting class in 2023? Their first complete cycle as head coach, Brian Kelly or Marcus Freeman? 2023. This 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 class, the one that we're talking it, about. It, that, will, right? it will be it will be Notre Dame. Okay. I think so. I hope so. I just the only thing you know is, is the whole NIL thing can pop up. It could. It's, some of the, some schools showed the way uh, in, uh, in in twenty twenty two that I think others are going to follow. I don't think Notre Dame's going to be one of those schools, but I could see LSU being one of those schools. Pretty quick. So here we go. Uh, just a couple more. Uh, Ryan Ritter at ND Techs. Hope you're enjoying retirement, Ryan, uh, from uh, from blogging. Just asking, uh, have you gotten into Bluey Train yet? Um, assuming that's for me with the baby. No, we have not. We have not. Uh, we haven't really gotten into any of the kids' stuff yet, other than the stuff that like my wife and I want to watch, like after the baby goes to bed, like Encanto that we talked about last time. But uh, I don't know. I know there's a whole world of stuff uh, awaiting me in uh, in terms of what we're going to be watching soon. How about you? Are you guys a big Bluey household? Is that uh, – I don't even know the age groups for it, uh, to be to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah. You are? <laughs> so, yeah. All right. <laughs> Great response. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Uh, we got Drew Brennan at Drew Brennan 77. How does uh, Notre Dame get offensive skill players to take notice? Uh, we are doing uh, so well recruiting on the defensive side. What will it take to get that elite quarterback and some really good wide receivers? Is it all reliant on what Buckner does this year? Uh, well, I hope not, because yeah. if it is, then Dante Moore is probably not going to be the quarterback. Yeah, because um, it has to happen before then. What I would do if I was Notre Dame, I would I would send out some um, some pretty slick propaganda regarding Tyler Buckner and his uh, spring 
exploits. I mean, the videos yeah. would just be, I mean, just, I, I just doctor them just straight up. Um, no, I, I you know, I, I, I think, look, you gotta, you gotta recruit, right. You gotta, you gotta convince these guys, right. Like this is the place to be. Right. And, and that's what you do, right. You gotta, you gotta convince them. That's simple as that. I, I think to get the receivers, I think you have to, you, I think landing someone like Dante Moore is the way to do it. And I, I've said his name yes. a bunch today, but you got to do it. You got you got to get someone like that. Greg is all in on Dante Moore is what we're, I, what we're it learning. It seems like here's the thing for for the foreseeable future. And when I say foreseeable future, I mean the end of spring. I think Notre Dame's going to be all in on him too. Yeah, I mean, it seems like be, it's more. If robust, he's almost. if he's talking about well, for now, he's talking yeah. about making the decision between now and you know the end of spring and if that's the case then you go i mean you go i mean after, so, social media right? push like, yeah you go you you make it happen yeah so so and also oscar chimed in on this one and asked if uh promoting uh football <laughs> his football azos i'm pronouncing that even correct uh, will be uh, a good job of recruiting these aforementioned skill position players. And for those of you not familiar, Oscar does every week, uh, multiple usually, assuming there's enough plays, uh, videos. Like during uh, the season. During the season, yes. Uh, during He does videos where he takes uh, you know some of the best plays of the week and does a um, Spanish soccer-style announcer uh, overlay that are a lot of fun. So uh, check them out if you uh, if you have not. But I don't know. I don't know that that that'll get us the skilled players. But hey, it can't hurt. But uh, now I agree. Uh, you know, some of these you, you can't wait for the season. You have to go all in. You need, uh, and it seems like I mean it's 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 early, but it does seem like some of the early returns on uh, you know what we're hearing from Stucky is very positive. It seems like he's a, a young, energetic, charismatic coach. So. Hopefully that uh, that parlays into uh, into some commitments, but uh, I think yeah again to your point that if the Dante Moore domino falls, the others follow, uh, and it'll be uh, it'll be a haul. Otherwise, we'll see where we go from there. Yep. So with that, that's the last of our questions. We're at an hour and a half. Took us a little longer than I thought. It's late on the East Coast. I got to go to bed because I got to get to work in the morning here. But uh, I got nothing else. Uh, nothing else on, on my on my list here. I don't think uh, I don't think Greg uh, has much else on his. I think Greg is trying to catch the end of this Jazz Lakers game uh, as I'm as I'm watching him across here, which is a seven point game Honestly, on my screen. I, I'm just looking at it. Um... It's ridiculous. They're terrible. I don't know why I'm looking at this stupid game, this stupid team. I'm sick of it. I'm sick hey. of them. Hey, my team lost by 50 last night uh, to the Boston Celtics, who then lost to the Detroit Pistons tonight. <laughs> they they lost by 50 to a team that the next night lost uh, to a team. The Pistons that are – what. My God, they're thirteen and forty-five. I, which I, like, I jokingly said to a friend, I'm like, watch the watch the Celtics lose to the Pistons tomorrow night now, because last night the the Celtics 
just couldn't miss. They made a franchise record 25 three-pointers last night. And then Well, your your savior Harden isn't playing, right? He'll be back. He'll be, he'll be No, but he's, the he's, still, he's still got the hamstring, right? Yeah, after the All-Star break, he'll be he'll be he will be there and we'll see, see where it goes. The problem is like what is he hiding in that beard? Frankly? I don't know, man. Did you see what he wore to the game last night? I, I don't did. even I did. I did. I, I was I was like I love it. You know, it's a like, strange time. It's you know what? You know what? Man. My my conspiracy theory was that Harden first night in Philly, he probably had all the boys out hanging out and partying the night before, and they were probably all just a little not maybe fully there. That's my thought. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. you know, anytime. Yeah, like he's got great. that. Uh, he's got that. Um, uh, what's the reputation? He's got that a wonderful reputation. a wonderful influence on the uh, on the. Uh, We'll see. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, Joel tried tried the Harden uh, patented step back three and got called for traveling last night too, which was hilarious. Anyway, we're digressing now. We're talking about basketball. You guys aren't here for that. Um, you're you're here for the Notre Dame football. We appreciate that. You know what? I didn't even I didn't even check to see if we had new reviews uh, to read. That's my bad. So I'm gonna load it up right now. Let's see if we have any. We do. We do have we have one new review. All right. Uh, yes, here we go. It's uh, I think this is uh, this is from our buddy uh, Chris uh, Chris Jenkins. Uh, he says I discovered the pod this past November and I am hooked. Greg and Frank do an excellent job in discussing players, coaches, and the latest news. Love how they like to have fans send in questions and answer them the best they can. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Thank you, Chris. That is a uh, that is a lovely review. We appreciate that. I should have read this earlier, so that's that's my fault. You can give me a hard time on Twitter for not reading that until uh, until just now. But we appreciate those reviews. Keep sending them in. Uh, as of now, we still only have five star reviews. So much like the ideal recruiting class, that is uh, that is what we have at the uh, at the moment. So. With that, I think we're going to cut this one off here. We're going to come up. We're, we, we should have another pod next week. We've already have tentative plans to record a look back at our 2021 predictions uh, with Ashton, who at the time was uh, – wait, was she already – I can't remember. She was already out. Our beloved Ashton. No, she was – She uh, was like just she about was to start. not. Yeah, she, no, she was uh, – She was. I don't know who she was with at the time. It wasn't on yeah. three yet. She was not at on three. She is now she at on three, on. and now she's with uh, with Blue and Gold. So yeah. she's going to be joining us on uh, – we're going to try to record that Tuesday night. Um, so that will be our next pod where we look back and we laugh at ourselves at some of the predictions that we made uh, and, uh, and just have a good time. So thanks for listening as always, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Go Irish. <laughs>